and welcome to the Love Key Church message of the week. Love Key Church is a local expression of a part of the body of Christ with a focus on creating a place, opportunity, and atmosphere through worship music and the Word where people can encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and then help others to do the same. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, Valetta, and our four children, we recently launched Love Key Church right here in Somerset West. Enjoy the message. Please remember to like, follow, and subscribe, and to share this with other people if you find that it is uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring to you. Thank you so much. God bless you as you listen to this word. Good morning, family, and welcome to Love Key Church Online. First time around, Happy New Year from my side. I haven't seen you or heard from you or spoken to any of you um, since the year began. We have a special day in our house today. Heinz will tell you a little bit more about that later, but I just wanted to welcome you. I hope you are safe and comfortable in your homes, and I hope you are tuned in um, and ready to worship God with us. We are live in our house with four children, so you will hear them, and you will be very much aware of them, I'm very sure, but this is what we are. We're family church we're all for family um, and we are so honored to have our family with us and also an incredible oh, like a babysitter Shumari Ice who came to help us out with our little baby so thanks Suma for being here and helping us out so I hope you are ready are you ready we are ready and we're excited thank you baby mm-hmm. thank you my beautiful wife uh, as she said welcome to Love Key Church Online uh, we are a very very young church we have had seven in-person services uh, last year, and this is our first online one. We were going to start today with in-person services, but unfortunately, we can't do that yet, but we hope to be able to, to do that soon. Uh, so, But thank you for joining us today. We can see there's quite a few people online, and uh, we would love for you to engage with us while we are doing this. So please comment with uh, your reactions, what you're thinking about what's happening. If you have any uh, prayer requests, we can look at that later and pray with you and for you. Uh, but today, we are very excited to, to be with you. And I know there's a lot of people that would probably not normally come to, to our in-person services that's online today. So we just want to welcome all of you. So maybe you're here for the first time and you're wondering, so why is Heinz and Aletta, what have they started church? What is it all about? Um, so Love Key Church started at the end of 2020, but it's been a dream. It's been a word from God that's been stirring in our hearts for quite a while. And the short answer to, to why, why we're doing this and what this is all about is to, is to say to you that Love Key is a local expression of the body of Christ um, with a focus on creating a place, opportunity, and atmosphere where all people can encounter God, align with His purposes in order to reign in life and help others to do the same. We also believe the Bible is the Word of God and we commit to be obedient to it with the leading of the Holy Spirit. We believe that marriage and family is God's idea. And His way of doing it is the right way and the best way. And we want to see marriages thrive and families be healthy in Jesus. We want to eradicate fatherlessness and shine a light on the crisis of cultural Christianity. We want, to see, we want this to be a multi-generational, multicultural church that lives to know Jesus and to make Him known. 
If you want to know more about why we are doing this and what we're all about, you can go listen to our podcasts and uh, the first service that we did where we tell our origin story. So you can go check that out. Um, we want to invite you, if you feel that you want to be a part of this um, ministry, then you can... Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Sorry, Leon is on slide. So every now and again, I'm going to point to him and tell him, but that's fine. So if you want to be part of what God is doing in this family, you can send us a offer to serve. Uh, well, you can, you can fill out the offer to serve form online by going to that link on the screen here, or you can just read in the description of this post right there on your device. You can click to the link and, and tell us how you would like to be involved, how you would like to partner with our ministry in that way. As I just mentioned, we also have the podcast um, that is on all platforms. You can go check out all the messages that we've done so far and also the Love Unlocks live session interviews that I've been doing over the last year. And we would love for you to go and listen to that. There's a lot of encouragement, a lot of inspirational stories, and you can also catch up on all the messages that we've done so far. All right. We want to know if there's any birthdays or anniversaries with us today. If you have a birthday or an anniversary, please post in the comments and say that you it's your birthday today. You're having, or you may be having an anniversary. Uh, we would love to hear from you and know whether you're having your birthday. We have a birthday girl in the house today. Um, it's our little baby girl. Let me grab her. Hello. Say hello. This is Alana. Alana is one today. Yay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to eat the mic. <laughs> Who's a lucky dang Say hello. Hello. Yeah, hello. Hello, mama. What is Iri doing? Will you sing? Oh, my word. Say hello. Oh, she's stealing the show. There you go. All right, she's one today. And if you are having a birthday today, we want to sing to you and we want to sing to her. So let's sing happy birthday. Are you ready? I don't even know where to play it. Where is it? In G? I normally do it in E. Okay. So, Oof, yeah. Yeah, we didn't practice it. Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alana and everybody else. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, everybody. <laughs> and if it's your anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yay! <laughs> All right, lovely. Okay, Papa Ganier Tata Se. All right? All right, wonderful. As you can see, really live, really in our home, and you are very welcome. We are so glad that you are joining us today. Um, this, this first part, I just want to end off by asking you to join us in prayer for our nation, for everyone who has been infected or affected by the COVID-19 virus and lockdown and all the pressures that we are feeling. So just join me in prayer for a moment. Lord Jesus, we just want to come together as families, as marriages, as friends and ask today, Lord, that you will do a mighty work in our nation and in the world. Lord this virus has stolen so much. We know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
But you've come to give us life and life in abundance. So Lord, this is difficult. This is hard. This is, there's so many questions, so many uncertainties, and so much fear going around. And Lord, we just want to come together in this moment with everyone online and with our family and our friends. And, and we want to just, first of all, say thank you, Lord, for life and health for those that have it. We want to thank you for everyone who has recovered from this illness. But Lord, we know that many have, have, have passed on. Many have suffered the loss of loved ones. And many have have lost work, have lost income, have been hit hard financially. Businesses, families, individuals. Lord, we, we know that the impact has been big. And this morning, we just want to pray with everyone who, who is looking to you for help, looking to you for answers. We want to pray that you'll bring your comforting spirit unto them and that you will help them, guide them, and lead them in this. Lord, we want to come against this plan of the enemy to destroy, to kill, and to make sick. And we want to just say, in the name of Jesus, we want to cancel this work. We've been given authority to, to change things in this realm. And we want, to, we want to pray that today, Lord, that you will come. Your word says where two or more agree on a matter, it will be so. And we agree today that this virus will come to an end, that lockdown will come to an end, and that we can live our lives again to the full and do what you've called us to do. But with that, we also want to thank you, Lord, for helping us in difficult situations to adapt, to make new plans, to, to pull through. And I want to thank you for all the good things that have also come out of this. It's been such a weird journey, uh, but we thank you for the good things and the, the breakthroughs. And we ask you to help us through the tough stuff as well. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. Are you ready to worship God? We're going to have a great time in His presence this morning. I want to start off with a scripture um, that you can put up there now. Yes, thank you, Leon. This is from Psalm 95 from verse 1 to 7. Um, and I want you to just listen to this and tune in. It says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Amen. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. thanksgiving. For, let us shout, uh, for the Lord is great, the great God and the great King above all gods. Amen. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are His also. The sea is His, for He made it, and His hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is God. And Amen. we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Let us worship the Lord in this moment. Thank you. As we start this year, even though it's already towards the end of January, it feels like it's 
it's just getting going in so many ways. And Lord, we just want to take time to consecrate ourselves. We want to take time to give you everything. Lord, help us in this day to recognize those things that are standing in the way of us completely living for you. We want you to be the only one that's exalted in our lives, the only one who is worshipped in our lives. We declare that in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'll be with everyone in this moment that is listening right now, that is watching right now, that you will guide them, strengthen them, and lead them, Lord. Amen. As an extension of our worship, we, um, we'd like to invite you to bring your, your tithe and your offering um, if you feel so led to partner with this ministry, partner in this moment, to partner with the word we're going to share today. Um, there are many ways that you can contribute. Um, we've got some of the details in this post. As you are watching on this post, you can just check in, the, in this message. We've got the details there for you for EFT and for PayPal. Uh, you can also go to our website for other ways of making a contribution. I want to share a, um, a scripture with you from Matthew 6, verse 19. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one, no one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon is money, for those of you who may not know. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, those who don't believe in God. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. That is a promise from Jesus himself. That is Jesus speaking here to our hearts, telling us that we cannot allow things like money to be more important than he is in our lives. We cannot serve both. We either serve him or we serve money. And in his word, he's very clear that one of the ways we show that we do not worship money ab above him is to bring our first fruits, is to bring our first, our best, to the storehouse, which is the church, the local church. So if you feel led today, I wanna to ask that as God leads you, you will bring your offering, bring your tithe to the storehouse of this ministry. And let us pray over these offerings in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for every person who is willing to give, who is willing to be obedient to your word. I thank you that you will bless each and every offering, each and every tithe. 
that you will bring a harvest, a 60-fold, a 100-fold into their lives, that you will strengthen this ministry, that you will give us wisdom in how to work with these funds to best apply it to further your kingdom. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for doing that. We love you guys so much. Isn't she amazing? Please give her a round of applause wherever you are. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Isn't he amazing? Let's give him a round of applause. Yeah. Oh, thank you, baby. Okay, I'm out. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for logging in. Thanks for doing church with us. What a privilege, what an honor. We know there are many churches online. There are many options. <laughs> um, so thank you for, for being with us in this moment. All right, so um, if you are with us for the first time, I want you to know that we have three things that are very important to us that are focus points in our ministry. And the first one is that we believe it's very important for us that when we spend time with God in His church, in His presence, the, the point is to encounter Him, to have an encounter with God. Our second thing is that that encounter will lead us to align with His purposes for His kingdom and His purposes for our lives. And the purpose of that is to get to the point where we reign in life, like Paul says in Romans. So we want to see you encounter God, align with His purposes so that you can reign in life and help others to do the same. That is where we all want to be. That is what we all want to focus on. So that's what it's about. So we've been, as we're starting out as a new church, we've been doing a series about encountering God. And you can see up there, we started out with talking about Paul, who had his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And that message was called Kicking Against the Goads. If you want to know what that means and what it's all about, go check out the podcast. Uh, then we spoke about how Jacob wrestled with God, how his name was changed, how he was marked for life, and how that encounter changed in a, a person, but also changed the, the family of God, how it impacted the family of God. We spoke about faith, the facts, when we spoke about the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus, who encountered the angel and was told that she will be the mother of Jesus, the Savior of the world. That's also one that I, th I think you should go and listen to. Um, then we spoke about the power of adoption. And we spoke about the story of Joseph, the father of Jesus, and how he, as an earthly man from the line of David, but with no throne and no crown, was made the father of Jesus. He adopted Jesus. And through that, Jesus came and showed us how important is the power of adoption and how Father God is also the one who adopted us. And then we spoke at Christmas, we spoke about the great light, the great light of Jesus and how he has changed the world and how he's come to change your life. And then at New Year's, I spoke about the message, Come, which comes from Isaiah 55, where we see an amazing invitation from God the Father for all of us to come and to, to drink and to take and to be with him. So that is where we are right now. And as this year starts... Um, I, I want us to, to get ready. So today's message is called Get Ready. Uh, you can also say prepare yourself, but I want to I invite you to get ready for what God has for each and every one of us. 
the way we do that, if you get ready for anything, get ready for school. Uh, school is going to start a bit later now than it's supposed to, uh, but kids are typically getting ready for school. Um, I was getting, I don't know about you, but I get these Facebook uh, reminders or, or memories, Facebook memories, where you can see what was happening this time last year, the year before, and we, we're looking at our kids a year ago or two years ago, they were having their color sports right now. Uh, so things are all topsy-turvy, but... Um, it's amazing to, to, to know that for those kinds of things, we have to get ready. We have to get, if you want to take part in a big event, I've got some friends who, who like doing amazing sports things and they have to get ready for those things. They can't just show up and try to do the events. If it's a triathlon or a, a big cycling event, you have to prepare. You have to get ready. Otherwise, you won't make it. So that's what we want to do right now. As we start this year, we want to get ready to encounter God. And we need to prepare our hearts. We need to prepare our minds. Um, As as I've been reading the scriptures this week, it's been very clear to me that that God has a big focus on hearts. He wants to get to the heart of the matter. He wants to get to your heart. He wants to, he, he can look at the intent of your heart and he can look at the focus of your heart. And that's what he's the most um, after is to have your complete heart set on him. So we want to do that today and talk about that. Um, and I want you to, to already start going, how can I get ready for God? I'm going to share a main scripture with you today. And then I'm going to give us some context and then show us some principles that we can apply to our own lives that come from the scripture. Today, the reason for the scripture and the reason for why we're setting it up this way and we're talking about get ready is also because I believe God wants us as a church to do a seven-day fast to start this year. And the fast and the prayer is part of getting ready. And I want to invite you to be a part of this fast for this week, which starts tomorrow and ends on next Sunday, the 31st of January. And I want you to when, as we read the scripture today and as we go through these principles, to take it to heart, to, to ask Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and how you can prepare your heart to fast and to pray. And then as you get into this week, to pray and fast with the focus of getting ready to receive from God, to encounter God so that you can align with His purposes and reign in life. Don't you want to have a year where you can look back and know that you did it with God. You did it with Jesus. You were aligned with his purposes. Even though things may go tough, things may be challenging, if you know that you are doing it with God and that he's with you in it, it makes all the difference. So that's what today is all about. So our main scripture today is from Genesis 35, and it's verse 2. And it says, Put away the foreign gods, sorry, it starts, and Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, to his household and to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you, purify yourselves and change your garments. Now, why did he do this? Why did he say this specifically? He told them specifically, he spoke to his Household, which are his wives and his children. All right, he had a few <laughs> of all of them, 
And then he also had a household, uh, the, the people that were with them, maidservants, manservants, and other people that uh, have come to be part of their whole family. So they were a whole bunch of people traveling together. And now he is saying to them, put away foreign gods among you. In other words, he knew that there were some things in their midst that shouldn't have been there. He said, purify yourselves, get ready, and change your garments. Once again, get ready. Now, why did he say these things? To, get, to see that, we need to get some context, okay? So let's go to this next part. Now, when we spoke about the story of Jacob a few weeks back and his encounter with God, um, it, it was significant. He had a few amazing encounters with God. And this guy, <laughs> he's got an interesting life. He's made some interesting choices. I mean, I think if, if we were to meet him in real time, we would think he's kind of a scoundrel, kind of a guy you won't trust, you don't want to hang around with. But God chose this man to be one of the fathers of the nation. When he speaks of his people, he says, I am the God of Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. That's where it stops. So Jacob was an important man in God's eyes, despite all the faults, the mistakes, the things that he did, despite his, dece- his deceiving ways. And I want to, before we can really get into uh, Genesis 35 and why we are seeing this happening, we need to go back and see what happened earlier. And what happened earlier was that Jacob, had, when he was running away from Esau, his brother, he had his first encounter on the way to wherever. He was sleeping with his head on a rock and he had a vision. He saw the angels walking up and down a ladder and God standing, the Lord standing at the top of the ladder in heaven, looking down. He had this amazing encounter. And then he called that place that used to be called Luz, he called um, Bethel. And then he made a vow to God. Now this is the part we're going to read here. This is from the, on the screen I've got the New Living Translation. It says, then Jacob made this vow. If God will indeed be with me and protect me on this journey, and if he will provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. It's kind of a cocky vow, right? He's telling God, if you do all these things, then I will serve you. And this memorial pillar I have set up, and will become a place, of, a place for worshiping God. And I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. So, he says, if God takes care of me, I will, make, I will come back to this place. It will be a place of worship. And I will give a tenth of everything he gives me. So, he promises to come back to Bethel. He promises to make it a place of worship. And he promises to... Give a tenth of everything that God has blessed him with. This was in Genesis 28. Now, our verse comes from Genesis 35. The time between 28 and 35 is approximately 26 years. And he hasn't come back. But God has protected him. God has been with him. But some interesting things have happened. Just in before this, in, in Genesis 34, we had a a terrible story of how one of Jacob's daughters gets taken by the locals in Shechem and she is violated. And Jacob's sons, they go out to hurt these people who hurt their sister. And Jacob is like, why are you doing this? Almost 
you know, rebuking his boys for doing what probably he should have done in the first place. So he's in a, he's in a difficult place right now. The locals are angry. They're angry with his boys because they have assaulted and hurt some of the locals. So he's in a very difficult situation. So now look at how Isaiah, uh, Genesis 35 starts. God comes into the midst of this problem, into the midst of this difficult situation where Jacob finds himself once again. And he says to him in verse 1, Genesis 35 verse 1, Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau your brother. Then we have our verse, that is our main verse, And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. Verse 3, then let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, um, and has been with me in the way which I have gone. So they gave Jacob all their foreign gods, which were in their hands, and their earrings, which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree, which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, uh, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, the promised land, and he and all the people who were with him, and he built an altar there called the place, and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother. Then God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padam Aran and blessed him. And God said to him, your name is Jacob and, your, and your, name, your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob anymore, but Israel be your name. So he called his name Israel and God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you. And kings shall come from you and your body. The land which I gave Abram and Isaac, I give to you. And your descendants after you, I give this land. All right. Why am I reading all of this? I know it's a lot of scripture. But it's very significant and important because this has been repeated more than once. God so is chasing after Jacob. I think some people would have given up on Jacob a long time ago. But here is God coming to him once again, reminding him of his vow reminding him of the promise that he made to God and reminding him that he's not where he's supposed to be. He is supposed to be in Bethel, the place where God met with him, the place where God's presence is, the place where he encountered God, the place where he started to align with God's purposes for his life. But what has he done? He has fallen out of alignment he has done things his own way. I think he's kind of biding time. He became, maybe he became lazy. Maybe he was thinking, oh, well, you know, God is obviously still with me. So it's not like I need to go back. I don't know what was going on in his head. But we can speculate. But what we do know is that he wasn't where he was supposed to be. It reminds me of the story of King David just before he fell with Bathsheba. He was not where he was supposed to be. The Bible says in, this, in the season when kings went out to war, David stayed 
at the castle. He stayed behind and he was not where he was supposed to be. And that's kind of what I'm seeing here with, with Jacob. He's not where he's supposed to be. And in the, in the midst of a difficult situation, in the midst of doing his own thing, God comes in the first verse and he says, arise. He says, get up. And maybe he wasn't even physically lying down. But I'm seeing there's God kind of speaking into his, his, being, his spiritual being and saying, okay, you've been sitting down or lying down for long enough now. Stand up. Come on, my boy. We've got things to do. Um, and the first thing that we read in, in verse 2 is Jacob saying to his people, all right, we're going to do this. So his first reaction is obedience. And I think that is something that I see all over the word of God is God loves and engages with a faithful person that is willing to be obedient to his word. And Jacob is like that. He's messed up. He's made mistakes. He has sinned. But when God speaks, he reacts. And I want that to be an encouragement to you today. And maybe God is speaking to you as well and saying today, arise. Wherever you may be going through a difficult time, maybe you know deep in your heart you are off course. You're not where you're supposed to be. But God is speaking to you today and saying, arise, my son. Arise, my daughter. Come to me. Come to my presence. Come to where I have spoken to you. Maybe in your life it is a physical place, but it doesn't have to be. The great thing about the New Testament and what Jesus has done is that when we give our lives to Christ, we become a temple of God. We become a temple of the Holy Spirit. So we have God with us. We can speak to Him anytime, anywhere. But maybe you do have a special place that, you, that God once spoke to you. And, and maybe you need to go back there and, and rekindle that fire. Rekindle that, that word that God spoke over your life. And I want to encourage you to do that. So what is Jacob's reaction when he hears what God says? God says, arise and go to Bethel so that I can speak to you, so that I can connect with you, so that you can fulfill the vow that you made. He says immediately to his people, all right, put away the foreign gods among you, purify yourselves, and get new garments. Now, what does this mean? Um, he's speaking to all of them. So first of all, we need to realize that they needed to identify what among them is idols or are idols. What are the things that are not God? What are the things that are not what uh, that shouldn't be among them? Then they need to admit that these are actually idols. These are not in the will of God for them. And then they need to actually get rid of it. See, sometimes we we can look at things in our lives. We can look at things we allow, things that take our time, our money, our energy, things that distract us from God. And we can recognize, eh, this is maybe not a good thing, maybe not a healthy thing, maybe it's not putting me in the best position. But if we don't actually do something about it, it will never change. So I believe that from this scripture, we need to look seriously at our, at our lives and go, what can I identify in my life that is not in line with, with a person serving God wholeheartedly? Where is my heart divided? What are the things that I need to identify as idolatrous, as things that are not of God? And then I need to admit, and that may be the hard thing today, admit what things are taking time, effort, money, uh, um, or energy and attention away from your, your, 
relationship with God. And then we actually need to get rid of it. They gave it to Jacob and Jacob hid it under a tree. Now, I've read some commentaries on this and they, they say that only Jacob knew where this place was. No one else knew. And some of, them, some of the commentaries also said that it was customary when things like this happened to, to break or melt the, the stuff that it was made of because a lot of times it was gold. So we could assume that Jacob got rid of it in that way. Um, and also what's interesting is if you go back to the story of Jacob running away from Laban, we know that um, Rachel stole some of Laban's household gods and took it with him. And he came after them looking for those gods. So we can assume that those gods were still among them. And Jacob didn't get rid of them. Maybe he didn't know. We don't, I haven't seen it from Scripture whether he knew or not. But he knew that there was stuff in their midst that shouldn't be there. So, and that's also a thing that I need to point out to the men that are listening, the husbands, the fathers. We have a spiritual responsibility to look at our household, to look at our family and go, you know what, these things that I'm seeing that's in your life, it's not okay. It's, it's distracting you from God. It's an idol in your life. Bring it. Let's get rid of it. Let's make sure that our house is clean and our focus is clear on God. So that is what I believe the first thing is about the idols, getting rid of the idols. Secondly, he says, purify yourselves. And that in, in, in that sense, in that context, they would have physically washed their bodies, cleansed themselves with water. Um, they would even, the, in the Old Testament, in the Jewish tradition, they would even refer to that bath as baptismal, as a baptism, cleansing yourself of what is old, what is, what is not pure, to be pure, to get ready for something that God wants to impart. Um, I believe that in our context, we need to see this as a, a moment where we go, you know what, I need to purify myself. Maybe you are not saved and you need to get saved. You need to make a choice to follow God. And that choice needs to be uh, supported through obedience by baptism. Water baptism. When we see the pattern in the Word of God, it says that we need to get, when we get saved, we need to get water baptized, Holy Spirit baptized, and get part, be part of a local church. That is the process. That is where God can come and meet with you and work with you. If you don't obey the very basic first things after salvation, then there's a limited amount that God can do in your life. So I want to invite you to really step into what does it mean to purify yourself to get ready for what God has for you. And then we can do what Romans 12 says, where Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It is a process of sanctification. And this is where it starts. It starts with a choice to say, okay, I will purify myself and I will keep purifying myself by spending time with God, by being with Him. The third thing he says is put on new garments. We may be carrying some stuff, some baggage from, from what we've been up to, from dealing with idols in our lives, from dealing with things that is not from God. And it's, it's, in a way, it sits on you. It becomes a part of you. Um, some of us may have what the Bible calls a spirit of heaviness on us. God has said that he wants to replace the spirit of heaviness with a garment of praise. 
Um, we read many places in the Word where it speaks of when you a change of clothing, but it symbolizes so much more. It symbolizes us taking off the things that are not of God and putting on the things that are of God. And that reminds me of Colossians 3, one of my favorite verses in the scriptures in the Bible because it gives the best summary of what a Christian life should look like that I've ever seen. And it speaks there, so please go and read it. I, I won't get into it right now. But in, in Colossians 3, it says, If you are saved, then your life should look like this. And it mentions there, put off these things, anger, malice, hatred, all kinds of bad things, just put it off. And then it also instructs us as to what to put on. So it clearly defines old garments that need to be put off and new garments that need to be put on. And those new garments that need to be put on is very similar to Galatians 5.22 where it speaks about the, um, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control. Those are the things that we need to put on as we get ready to go to God. Okay. So the implication from these three things, I just want to reiterate it and, and, and help us to, to make these decisions and get into that. The first step is obedience and compliance. God spoke to the leader of this household, the family. He said, Jacob, arise and do this. The leader of the household was obedient and he complied with what God said. And then he brought it to his household and the people that were with him. And he said, okay, this is what we're going to do now. And they did it. So what we see is as a God commanded, God spoke and people obeyed and they complied. They gave the idols back. They gave the earrings back. I was curious about the earrings because um, I know for some of the ladies, this might be like, oh man, am I not allowed to wear earrings? <laughs> and uh, don't worry. Uh, these earrings that they wore were typically earrings that had carvings and shapes and, of the idols that they would worship. So there was like a connection between the earrings and the, the idols that they had. Um, it would be a picture of the moon or the sun, typical things that they would worship other than God. So that's why they would bring the earrings and the idols together. Um, then we need to realize that those around us will see the hand of God in our lives and a terror, a kind of fear will grip them and cause them not to want to harm us. Obviously, this is mainly focused on the devil. We saw that, um, I read through it quite quickly, but if you think back on the, on the scripture, when we see that they did what Jacob said and they started moving towards Bethel, towards God's presence, it says that the cities around them, the terror fell on the people. So, but what did they do first? They were obedient. They got rid of the stuff that they shouldn't have had in the first place. And then they were obedient and they started walking towards what God told them to do, towards His presence, towards the place of worship, towards an encounter a choice to align, a choice to reign in life. And because they did that, a terror fell on the enemy. A terror fell on the one who wanted to take their lives, hurt them, get them off course. And what does that terror do? It disables the enemy. 
It makes it so that you are protected. You are covered. You cannot be touched by the enemy. I hope that is an encouragement to you today. But there's a big if. If you do what God says. Bring, it brings peace to the journey and keeps the focus on the mission clear. When we get rid of these things that are distractions, rid of these things that are not supposed to be in our lives in the first place, we can have peace and keep a focus and our mission clear. If there's one thing that we can see from the life of Jesus is that he was completely crystal clear on his mission, why he was there. He spent hours in the mornings praying. He would sometimes pray through the night and always be so in touch with the Father. He says, I only do what the Father does. I only say what the Father says. And that is an example to us of how we should live. If we do these things that Jacob has done, we can hear God clearly and he can communicate his plans to our lives. This is what we see, what happens at the end of 35. God comes and he reminds in a way, but actually reiterates and repeats the promises on that he has already given Jacob. He repeats the promises and speaks it into his life again. It seems a little bit like deja vu when you read Genesis 35, because all these things have happened before. He's had an encounter with God. He got a word from God. He called the place Bethel. And now it's like it all happens all over again. But this is, for me, I see even the grace of God in this. And maybe you are in a place where you think like, man, I have missed the mark so badly. I have, I have completely went off the path that God has for me to such an extent that I don't think he ever wants to deal with me again. And I want, to, I want you to see that there's an encouragement in the scripture for you, even if you may feel this way, that God is never done with the plans that he has for you. But the question is, will you be obedient when he speaks again? Will you arise when he says, arise? Will you react to the word that he has for you? That is the big question. 26 years <laughs> passed from when he was there the first time, and he slipped into some kind of comfort zone, a laziness, and he didn't hold up his end of the vow. But God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he would break his promises, and he has made those promises. So he comes to Jacob. I mean, in a way, God is humbling himself here to come to Jacob and say, my son, arise. Remember? Remember that place? Remember that word? Remember who you really are? Come, I want to show you again. I want to remind you again. Come, get rid of that stuff that's not supposed to be in your life. Come with me. That's what God is saying. God is pursuing him. <laughs> How beautiful is that? And even though he was in a tight spot, even though he was in a place where he may have felt that he's hit rock bottom, he doesn't know which way to go. His sons are angry with him. The locals are angry with him. His daughter has been violated. It's, it's a horrible place to be. Maybe he's lost hope. Maybe he's lost faith. But in the midst of that, he hears God's voice. And even though you may feel today that, oh man, I've, I've lost the ability to hear. I've, whatever it might be, I, wanted, I want you to know that he is always there. He is always communicating. Um, James 4 says that if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. It's a promise from his word. But there's, a, there's also a choice to get ready to hear. There's a choice to prepare your heart, prepare your mind, get ready. And I really believe that that is the invitation that God has for us in this day, in this moment, and in this week to come.
He wants to meet with each and every one of us. How do I know that? I know that because you are his son. You are his daughter and he loves you. I don't need to meet you to know that. I can know that from his word. I can read Psalm 139 and know that that applies to each and every one of us. I can read Ephesians 1 and know that that applies to each and every one of us, that we have been called, we have been chosen, we have been thought of, planned before the foundations of the earth. So I know that God has a plan for you. I know that God loves you dearly. And I know that he wants you to come, arise from where you are and come to the place where he can meet with you. But we all need to get rid of the stuff, the idols in our lives, the things we are chasing that's not Him. We need to purify ourselves. We need to say, Lord, I want to give my life to You. I want to be saved. I want to be redeemed. I want to be the new creation that You say I can be. And Maybe you have made that decision before in your life, but today you realize, shucks, man, I have gone astray. I have lost the way. I have backslidden. I've fallen away from his plan. The invitation is still there to come and purify yourself through recommitting your life to Jesus. And then he says, change your garments. Take off those things that are not of him. The baggage that you may be still carrying from hurts from the past. The things that you've put on, bitterness, anger, malice. But God is inviting you to take those garments off and to put on the new garments of love, peace, joy, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. The garments that through His power, by grace, through faith, you can put on. And one of the best ones, a garment of praise. To praise Him in everything that we do. Those are the garments that He wants to see you wearing. So will you come today? Will you come today and, and say, yes, Lord? Will you come today and say, yes, Lord, I want to I give my life to you. I want to arise from whatever pit or, or, or rubbish place I may be in in my life. I want to arise and I want to say, yes, Lord, let me get up. Let me start moving towards you. Let me start moving towards the place of meeting with you. I'm going to get rid of the stuff that's in my life that shouldn't be there. And we do that this week um, symbolically through fasting, giving up food, giving up comforts, giving up luxuries in our lives. Maybe some of those things are uh, idols in your life, idols in my life. And we need to ask God to show us what things in my life is taking more attention, more energy than it should. Please help me to see those things. We, remember, we need to recognize them. We need to admit they are idols. And then we need to actually get rid of them. And one of the best ways to do that, especially if the idol is a bad habit or something that you um, link to for comfort and help instead of God, is to replace that with a good habit. So don't try to just stop a bad habit. We need to actually replace it with a good habit. So every time you wanted to reach for that thing, you go, no, I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read a scripture instead of doing that. And this week, I want to invite you, let this week of fasting become, not just be a week of fasting, but, but in a way, set a rhythm for the year where we don't allow those things that, are, that take away from God to ever come back into our lives, to always be vigilant and be, be clear on what our mission is and, and what God is in our lives, that He is everything. Your, your idol could be your spouse. Your idol could be your children. Your idol can be your work. It can be the car that you wish you had. 
It could be food. It could be alcohol. It could be anything. Ask God what it is. Get clarity. Admit it. Get rid of it. And say, Lord, I am here. I want to be purified. I want to put on the right garments. I want to spend time in your presence. And I want to hear what you have for me. So let's get ready. Let's get ready. Baby, will you come and play something beautiful, please? Like only you can. <laughs> uh, we're just going to pray. So I want to invite you. I want to invite you in this moment to. Sorry, I just need to actually switch you on. There we go. I want to invite you into this moment. If you have never given your life to Christ, if you've never made a decision to follow Him, to make Him Lord of your life, in other words, to put Him first, to put yourself under Him, submit to Him, then I want to invite you to do that today. I really believe that God is saying to all of us, arise, come, come and have an encounter with me. Maybe that encounter for you today is getting saved, giving your life to Jesus. And maybe, like I said earlier, you are in that place where, man, I, I did give my life to Jesus at some point, but somewhere along the line, I, I, I'm, I've missed the mark. I, I made a vow to follow Him, but like Jacob, I, I, I strayed from the path. I, I got stuck in a place that I know I shouldn't be, but I feel I can't get out of it and I'm not hearing His voice. If that's you, I want to also invite you to, to pray this prayer with us just now. And I want to speak specifically to those that may be like I was once in my life, a cultural Christian. Someone who thinks they are a Christian because they grew up in a Christian home. That was me at 16. I really thought I was a Christian, so much so that I was a Christian leader in school. And it was at a Christian leader's camp where I got saved, when I encountered the living God and I realized it is not a cultural thing. It is a living relationship with a life-giving, loving Father in heaven who wants to have a personal relationship with me. And it completely changed my life. And maybe you realize today that, man, I'm also just going through the motions. I'm, I'm stuck in this religious thing and I don't have to be there. Whatever the case might be, I want you to know that the invitation is here. The invitation is right now to arise to come to the place of meeting with God. Get yourself ready for an encounter with the living God. I want you to pray this after me, if that is you today. Just say after me, Lord Jesus, today I choose to make you Lord of my life. Forgive my sins. I repent of all of them. And I ask that you will cleanse me that you will purify me, that you will take off the garments that are not who I'm supposed to be, and that you will give me the new garments of joy, of love, of patience, of kindness, and of self-control. Lord, I choose to do your will. Lord, have your way. I lay my will down. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
If you have prayed that prayer and you meant it and you've made a decision to follow Christ, I want you to know that there is a party in heaven among the angels. The Bible says they rejoice when someone gives their life to Christ that comes back home like the prodigal son. And I want you to know that you are now a son of God, a daughter of God, and that you have the right, the place to meet with God and to walk with your head held high, knowing that I'm a son of God, I'm a daughter of God, knowing that the enemy can no longer touch me if I stay close to him. I want to encourage you with that and let you know that this is an amazing moment in your life. If you have just given your life to Christ, if you've just recommitted your life to Christ, I want you to type it in, this, in, the, in, the, um, in the comments and just tell us, I'm home, or a thumbs up, or a clap emoji, whatever you want to post there, just to let us know that you have made that decision. And I want to say welcome to the family of Christ. And if you can maybe meet with us once we can meet again, welcome to the Love Key Church family. We really want to welcome you with open arms and say welcome to the family of the children of God. We so appreciate you. We so love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to pray with you and over you. Um, Should we do the blessing? You want to do the blessing? (laughs) Let's do the blessing um, as as we end off this session. If you are with people, with family, just grab their hands, be with them. Um, we would love for you to, to just have this amazing moment with family. so much for listening to the love key church message of the week we trust that you found that encouraging inspiring hopefully challenging in a good way and that you will come back next week to listen again please remember to like follow and subscribe and to share this with other people if you find that it is uplifting encouraging and inspiring to you may god bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and your family bye-bye